0: NVIDIA beats earnings expectations, Amazon acquires MGM Studios, and is JD.com. Bye, this is the Running With The Money podcast, let's get into it. welcome back to the Running With The Money podcast. I apologize for no episode on Monday. I know many of you were expecting it. Unfortunately, I have fallen ill this week, so I'm trying my best to get through this episode, Um, and we're going to dig right into the biggest headlines of today, the week, and what has been going on this week. So, at the close today, the Dow Jones finished up 10 points, NASDAQ up 80, S&P 500 up 8, and the Rust 2K up 43. Meanwhile, the VIX coming down 8%. So, overall, kind of a muted day not a lot of upside action but definitely some green on the board now if we take a look at roughly the past uh i would say few weeks now we're getting a lot of that choppy action in pretty much all of the indexes not much movement up or down a lot of just up and down and up and down and choppy consolidatory action here so really what is going on in the markets well This week, what we have seen is a bounce back in the growth plays and the tech names. We see software, uh, we see semiconductors, we see the Fang names, um, we see FinTech, really getting a big bounce back this week um, And that bounce Continuing even the day The semiconductors Still continuing To show strength um, It sounds like On news Of more semiconductor Foundries being built Here in the United States Which is very good news Right now A lot of the Semiconductor foundries Are outside of the United States and In fact The huge majority Is outside the, uh, the United States And at this point As we have said On the show Semiconductors Are a foundation Of the new World economy And the new U.S. economy The U.S. economy is literally a whole entire part of it is built on semiconductors. If you think about where semiconductors are, they're in literally everything everything now um, so they are literally a foundation of the new economy and therefore we need to bring home a lot of the semiconductor manufacturing to make sure that our economy is always safe from these types of shortages that we are currently seeing now but getting into one big semiconductor name NVIDIA it beat expectations big today um, and I personally think that was to be expected this company is firing on all cylinders as is um, a lot of these semiconductor names such as AMDs but such as Qualcomm Micron Texas Instruments. I mean, all of these companies are firing on full cylinders. They're very well-organized companies with strong management teams. But digging into NVIDIA's numbers here, so right off the bat, in general revenues totaled $5.66 billion. That is up 84% year over year. So a remarkable once again revenue gain there and that's record revenue for NVIDIA. And then if we break down those revenues, record revenues across the board, they delivered record gaming revenues of $2.76 billion That's up 106% year-over-year. And then they delivered record data center revenues of 2.05 billion dollars and that's up just about 80 percent it's up 79 percent year over year so overall those numbers um very very solid out of nvidia um and on an earnings per share basis they delivered as well they delivered an eps of three dollars and 66 cents that's much better than the expected three dollars and 28 cents now if we really dig into the numbers here and we take a look at say gross margin gross margin it did not improve in fact it was down 100 basis points a year over year. Now, I personally am led to believe that this was probably because of the semiconductor shortage and the effects of COVID-19 and the semiconductor shortage combined um, probably drugged down that gross margin a little due to increased cost, um, but also operating income jumping significantly by 100% year over year to $1.956 billion and then net income jumping 109% year over year to $1.912 billion. So really fantastic numbers across the board here for Nvidia and what I found most um impressive here was their data center up 79% but their gaming revenues continued to accelerate um at a very quick pace. I mean over 100% 106% year over year their gaming continued to grow. Um and that is what you want to see. So video games gaming is still extremely strong. Meanwhile, their data center products are getting a lot of traction and that is exactly what we want to see. Um so definitely go check out NVIDIA is an excellent company, excellent management team. Definitely want to hold for the long term. I really like NVIDIA. It's one of those semiconductor names that you have to hold. And the crypto people love them as well because of those GPUs and crypto mining. Um, so definitely go check out NVIDIA. Um, now, if you really want to dig into those earnings numbers even more, um, you simply go to their investor relations website. If you want to dig into the earnings of any company, go to their investor relations website. So if it's NVIDIA, go um, get in the Google search. Bar and go investor relations NVIDIA, and literally it's the first link and it will pull up all of the earnings. It's literally like a completely free resource um, from any company, and that is one of the tools that a lot of people use to do, do research on a stock when digging into just the earnings alone. Um, so, definitely go check out those earnings, check out the company, and determine if it's an excellent name to put into your portfolio. I believe it is. Now, um, getting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, there was definitely some big ones, some small ones, um, but one that I would like to quickly touch on here is Canaccord initiated Virgin Galactic as a buy. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Virgin Galactic. In fact, I'm not a big fan of it at all. Um, it seems very capital intensive and I really don't think it's going to be a money-making business for a very, very long time, if ever. Um, I'm not really a believer in the company whatsoever and I think if you were the bet on space company? Well, I wouldn't bet on any space company currently in the public markets um, besides SpaceX, which is private. And um, if you really want to get into aerospace and space, just go with a Boeing or Lockheed Martin. Um, fantastic companies, dividends. I love them. Uh, go check those two out. Now, rounding out the biggest analyst calls of the day, we got a reiteration of a buy call on Amazon by Citi. I like it. Um, and we really We're going to get into Amazon right now. Uh, So I agree with the call. Amazon's a fantastic company. Jeff Bezos um, giving his final remarks today before Amazon steps down. And, you know, they're leaving it to a fantastic management team. He's leaving it to a fantastic management team. Um, And actually, the CEO taking over over there at Amazon has actually been with the company um, for very, very very long time, over 20 years. Um, So definitely uh, I like what's going on at Amazon, but we have to dig into the biggest headline of today that goes towards Amazon is that, and that is Amazon acquiring MGM studios for $8.45 billion. Um, So a lot of people talking about this, some saying it's not that big of a deal. I personally think it's a bigger deal than what people are talking about and here's why. So MGM studios, they have over 4,000 films and 17,000 TV shows. Um, And Amazon is planning to leverage all of that content and upcoming content um, to bolster the Amazon Studios and its film and the Amazon Prime TV and pretty much Amazon streaming platform. And I think it's going to work. Um, you take a look at some of the films coming out of MGM and one of the biggest is James Bond. And I'll, I'm very enthused to see um, what that massive franchise turns into and what Amazon does with it and how they leverage that big of a franchise because it is a massive franchise. Um, now, this all of the content is going to go towards Amazon Prime Video, um, and this is the second largest deal that Amazon has made, um, I believe, in a very, very long time, if not ever, because um, it paid $13.7 billion for Whole Foods back in 2017, um, and now uh, this one just coming right under it uh, at $8.45 billion, so the second largest acquisition Amazon has ever made done um, here for MGM studios and really what we are seeing across the streaming space right now is a consolidation of the streaming companies. So just last week we saw Discovery team up with Warner Media, and now we are seeing, um, you know, Amazon buying out MGM Studios. So I really do think that the streaming game is starting to heat up even more. Um, you're starting to find Amazon to be a much larger competitor than what people think and I eventually think you're going to have like a top 4 or 5 streaming companies that just rule the streaming space and I think it's going to come down to, um, you're going to have Apple in that top five. You're going to have Amazon, Roku, Netflix, and Disney. And those companies, I really do think, are going to absolutely run the space. Um, Their platforms are simple, easy to use, and they all have that content that people absolutely love to see and has been around forever. So I think it's a great move by Amazon. This is only going to boost their business. I mean, in the big scheme of things, this 8.2. 4 or $5 billion dollars is nothing compared to Amazon, which is currently trading at a market cap of, you know, $1.6 trillion. Um, so at the end of the day, um, really, this is nothing to Amazon, the $8.45 billion. But it is a significant acquisition on the company, the company front. Um, and I do think it's going to significantly increase the size, the popularity and the usage of Amazon Prime. Video. So, definitely something to watch there, and it will be very interesting to see how that company integrates all of the content from MGM. Definitely a company to go check out and add to your portfolio. I am eyeing a potential ad back into my portfolio here within the next few weeks. Now, shifting into JD.com, it's one of those foreign e-commerce plays. In fact, it's a Chinese e-commerce play, so people are scared of it because, of course, it's a Chinese company. Um, now, we are going to note that risk later on. We're going to really dig through it, uh, but let's get into what JD.com is and really what is backing them. What are the financials behind the company? So, JD.com, ticker sign JD, is the largest retailer in China, boasting a strong e-commerce business similar to that of U.S. competitor Amazon, the company offers retail as a service and according to leadership is transforming to become a leading supply chain service and technology provider. Now, in recent news, JD.com and their management team announced the IPO or the initial public offering for those of you who do not know the term of JD Logistics. So, it's the company's logistics arm. They're going to IPO it in Hong Kong. I um, that's going to raise capital. Now, the offering price is going to be $5.20 US per share in Hong Kong, and the public listing will raise roughly $3.17 billion. Now, according to leadership, they might increase the IPO amount. Um, To 15%, and that would imply a $3.6 billion um, capital raise there. Now, given the offering price right now, JD Logistics would be valued at roughly $31.7 billion. um, So, definitely, it is not a small IPO. Now, JD.com also recently announced a major investment in Dada Group, um, China's number one local on demand retail and and delivery platform. JD.com will invest $800 million in Dada's newly issued ordinary shares. So, leadership noted on this one that the investment will deepen JD.com's strategic connections and will accelerate the expansion of both companies. Following the, following the transaction, JD.com will own 51% of data shares. So definitely a good move, in my opinion, by JD.com. Not only are they expanding and investing in other companies over in uh, China and definitely trying to strengthen not only their logistics, but their e-commerce and their retail expansion, which they're already number one in retail. Um, so they're just continuing to expand there and strengthen their position, but they're also raising capital on the capital front to expand even more and strengthen the company's balance sheet. So I like all of these um things going for the company at the moment. Now digging into the numbers, JD.com beat Q1 2021 expectations with an EPS of CNY. So that's just Chinese yen currency. Um, um, of 2.47. Uh, CNY uh, Much better than the analyst EPS consensus estimate of 2.26 CNY. On a year-over-year basis, EPS improved by 24.75%. I like to see it. Now, on the revenues front, net revenues totaled $31 billion, and that's up nearly 40%, 39% year-over-year. Um, and I like to see that as well. You know, we all like to see EPS and revenue growth, so I've, I'm, of course, saying we like to see it. Well, we do like to see it. Um, both of those are major positives. Now, if we break down those revenues, net service revenue totaled $4.3 billion in Q1, representing an impressive 73.1% increase in net service revenues on a year-over-year basis. Now, if we shift in the JD retail revenues, those totaled $28.358 billion, while JD logistics revenues totaled $3.420 billion, and both of those increased drastically on a year-over-year basis as well. Now, if we shift in the income, income from operations totaled 0.3 billion dollars or 1.7 billion RMB, and that is representing a significant decline from the 2.3 billion RMB from a year ago. It is also important to note that on a non-GAAP basis, income from operations actually jumped. So, on a GAP basis, we saw a decline. On a non-GAAP basis, we saw an increase um, to 3.3 billion RMB. From well two three point five billion RMB from three point three billion RMB. Um so really what we saw there was some mixed numbers there in income from operations, but overall a decline. Um so that definitely needs to be cleaned up, but at the same time, I'm not seeing it as a drastic negative because the company is expanding very quickly, um, and therefore, the costs are only moving higher, so that's likely digging into some income there as well. Now, net income, on the other hand, significantly improved to $0.6 billion, um, and that is from the Q1 2020 level of $1.1 billion RMB, so if you convert that $0.6 billion into RMB, it came out to $3.6 billion, um, so definitely a sizable improvement there over a a triple there in net income. And then on a non-gap basis, net income also improved drastically going from 3 billion RMB to a stronger 4 billion RMB. So definitely what we like to see there as well. Now on the margin for operating income for, JD retail, for the JD retail segment improved on a year-over-year basis from a lower 3.7% to a better 4%. So not a drastic increase, but definitely a strong increase there, a sizable increase there. You know, nothing to like be out, like I would say, surprised about, but definitely, you know, some strong numbers coming out of JD. And then analyzing customer count, JD.com reported 29% growth in annual active customer accounts, bringing the total active customer accounts to 499.8 million. Now, for comparison, JD.com reported 387.4 million active customer accounts in Q1 2020. So, you know, 29% growth in annual active customer accounts. Very strong numbers there at a JD, and then rounding out the numbers, um, shifting in the EBITDA, uh, non GAP basis, EBITDA, um, increased in Q1 2020. Um, so in essence, it went from 4.5 billion RMB to a much stronger 4.9 billion RMB. Now, that 4.9 billion RMB in U.S. dollar is $0.8 billion. So solid numbers continuing to come out out of JD.com. I would like to see that operating income clean up in the future, but overall, um, strong numbers there um, in the most recent quarter, Q1 2021. Now, shifting into the balance sheet, the numbers are solid. Now, all these values that I'm about to list off are in Chinese Yuan. Um, now, total debt, that, that totaled $16.925 um, total liabilities: 226 billion. Total assets: 414 billion. And then cash and short-term investments: 134.879 billion. So a well-balanced balance sheet. I like to see it. Strong numbers so far. And those strong numbers continuing. Now, when it comes to e-commerce plays, valuations across the board are really quite high. But JD.com is not high really at all, not much at all. Um, In fact, the price to earnings is just 14 times. The forward price to earnings, 28 times. The price to sales, under one, it's at 0.89 times. The price to book, 3.8 times. And the price to cash flow, 35 times. So overall, the valuation here, uh, quite a bit lower than e-commerce peers, and I think this could be because simply of those China fears, which we'll only get into in a second. Now, management, they've been extremely effective with a return on equity of 38%, a return on assets of 15.26%, and a return on invested capital of 31.91%. So overall, solid numbers there as well. And the and the good numbers continue on JD.com. It's one of those names um, over the past few years that I've always been a bit surprised by because the stock, in my opinion, has not represented the solid numbers that are coming out of the company. Now, given the numbers, the analysts are bullish with a mean price target of one. $102.24 per share. That's roughly a 42% upside. The high price target is $119 per share. That's just around 66% upside. And the low price target is $80 per share. And that's roughly 10% upside. Now the big money is less involved with just about 41.37% of JD.com being owned by institutions. Top holders include Walmart, which I like to see, Tiger Global Management, and the Vanguard Group. Now I say I like to see Walmart in there because Walmart is actually a sizable e-commerce player. They're a big e-commerce player. In fact, if you look at the breakdown of e-commerce, e-commerce players in the United States. Um, Walmart is actually number two, I believe, just over Amazon. Um, so I like to see the fact that an e-com leader in the United States is heavily invested in JD.com, a e-commerce play in China. I like to see it. Now, um, on a technical basis, if you want the technical breakdown of JD.com, what I can say here on the show is that it has been dropping significantly. In fact, when checked, it dropped over 26% in just the last three months and it's continuing the fall. So definitely go check out JD.com. You can get the full technical breakdown of this stock at runningwiththemoney.com. Under the analysis tab, you'll find the JD.com breakdown. Click on that and literally the technical breakdown is in that article. Um, If actually... if If you scroll down to the bottom of that article, it's literally right there at the end of the article, the full technical breakdown of JD.com. Now, um, so shifting into these China fears. um, So in recent months, U.S.-China relations, they have been a key risk for investors. And when analyzing JD.com, but what we must take into consideration is that in the past year, under the past year, um, we have seen a full administration change in the United States. And really, we don't see our government going all out fully against China at the moment, especially the White House, to be more specific. Um, Joe Biden and the in the Biden administration is much more friendly with China than the Trump administration has been. Um, and I do believe that could go in favor of JD.com and make investing in these Chinese companies a bit safer. Now, what I will say is a lot of people also fear, um, and we've seen it, these Chinese companies like to fudge their numbers. And sometimes they do. They sometimes commit fraud and they fake numbers and they deliver false earnings. Um, And I don't see that out of JD.com. Their management team has a strong history of being honorable and honest. And I do believe that JD.com is truly reporting um, the honest numbers. Now, in short, JD.com took JD is a solid e-commerce company with expanding revenues a growing customer base and a solid management team. Now we would shift into another name if the show was not nearing its end but if you want to get the breakdown on this next name Airbnb what I will say is it's a very solid company. It has its uh, flaws and it has its successes as does any other company. I think there's a lot of room for growth and fixes and expansion over there at Airbnb but if you'd like to uh, hear my quick analysis on airbnb go to runningwiththemoney.com under the analysis tab you'll get the airbnb breakdown as well or go to my twitter page it was just posted last night go check it out there as well but another solid company to definitely take a look at now before we round out the show we're going to go through um A few watch lists, we're going to go through the map and we're going to go through the overall market. So as I said in the past week, we've seen semiconductor strength, communication strength, software strength. We've seen fintech strong. But what is going down while all of this is occurring? Well, oddly enough, the industrials, and this is not odd. What is odd is the fact that is Boeing has been going up with tech and not going up with the industrials, which is quite odd. Um, but besides that, the industrials have been mostly flat in the last week. The financials, mostly flat. The consumer defense, mostly flat. Healthcare down. Meanwhile, tech getting that boost back. Um, And why are we seeing that? Maybe it was because tech, technology, and communication services and semiconductors simply overshot to the downside. And now they're recorrecting to the upside or having a little bounce before more downside. Personally, I do think we're going to continue to see choppy action over the next few months and uh, weeks and months, if not the next year. Um, I think it's going to be quite a consolidation time here. I think we could have quite a while of consolidation, which is when, in my opinion, this is when you want to buy these technology names. I take a look at, for instance, Salesforce and CRM still trading under $230 per share. In my book, that's still a buy. Shopify is the same way. It's under $1,300. I think it's a buy. So a lot of names trading below levels and I'd still buy them. Uh, Square is still trading under 230. I'd buy it. It's trading at 222 right now. Solid company, solid price. I'd buy it. Um, PayPal is another one of those names. It's trading at 260. Um, that's actually a relatively lower price compared to its all-time highs. So I like PayPal as well. Overall, I like these software names. I like these semiconductors. I like the big technology names, the Fang names. I like the Amazon. I consider that more technology than than anything because it's such a big e-commerce player. So the point I am trying to get across here is buy the dips in all of these fundamentally strong names because in the long term, they're going to continue to grow, they're going to continue to be disruptors, but at the same time, hold on to those hedge positions against inflation. Hold on to those economic reopening positions such as your industrials and your heavy financials like the banks and your healthcare plays and your real estate and your basic materials. Hold on to those because you're still going to see those inflation fears and you're still going to have the economic. economic reopening. So definitely hold on to those still. I think money continues to flow into those, but be buying the dips in these technology names because they are disruptors and they're going to continue to disrupt for many, many years to come. This is simply, in my opinion, a long-term consolidation period before more upside because at the end of the day, a stock can't go up forever. It has to consolidate at some point and take a breather. So that is my opinion on the overall markets. There's definitely opportunities out there. Use the choppy action to your advantage and buy the dips. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Running with the Money podcast. We will be back on Friday to dig into even more individual names, possibly Teledoc, um, maybe even a firm. So definitely stick around and stay around um, for the next episode on Friday. Until then, do your research, invest on Eat Sleep Profit, and I will see you then.